Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Gretchen Saffles of Well-Watered Women about loving God's Word. (laughs) I know you guys... I cannot get off this soapbox, but you know this is my favorite topic. I asked Gretchen to chat with me because I know that she is passionate about encouraging and equipping women to get into the Word of God and to find their identity and purpose in Christ. Gretchen's the founder of Well-Watered Women, an online women's ministry that reaches worldwide. You guys have probably heard of it. She's written a couple of Bible studies and is the creator of the Give Me Jesus Quiet Time Journal for Women. Through her online ministry, she longs to meet women right where they are with the hope of the gospel to ignite a desire in their hearts to know Jesus more. Those of you that have listened to Journey Women for a while will understand why I feel like Gretchen is truly a kindred heart of mine. She says that on any given day, you can find her with a cup of coffee in hand, a toddler by her side, a message stirring in her soul, and a God-sized dream in her heart. As an added bonus to getting to hear from her today, Gretchen has graciously offered us a discount code to the Well-Watered Women's Shop from now until November 30th, 2017 for 10% off our entire purchase. Use the code JOURNEYWOMEN at the checkout. This would be a great time to stock up on meaningful Christmas gifts for your girlfriends or family. Man, I hope this conversation inspires you to just cultivate a love and a hunger for God's Word and to ask the Spirit to just stir that in your heart even now. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Journey Women podcast. If it's your first experience with Journey Women, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. But if you come back on a weekly basis, I want to ask that you would take the opportunity, if you haven't already, to head over to iTunes and leave a rating or review. This seriously helps other women who have never heard of Journey Women before get this podcast in their hands to help them navigate the seasons and challenges they face on their own journeys to glorify God. All you have to do is head over to iTunes, leave those five stars, type a quick review, and hit enter. This week, Victoria Marie left a really encouraging review. She said, I never really listen to podcasts, but this is one I come to weekly. I found so much encouragement in these conversations. They're empowering and always a reminder of how the gospel meets us right where we are. Victoria, that is my hope and dream for every episode. Thanks for articulating that so that other people know what Journey Women is about. I really appreciate you writing a review, and I hope all of you will do so as well. But more than that, I hope you guys will enjoy this conversation with Gretchen Saffles about loving the Word of God. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today. This is wonderful. We have so many mutual friends. I love it. I've been excited about this, and I've listened to several of the podcasts and just love them so much. Like They have been such an encouragement. 
I'm so stoked to get to talk to you about what I have set my affection on in life and what I can see your affection is set on above everything else, and that is Jesus. And the primary means we've been given by which to know him is through his word. So I'd love for people just to get to hear a little bit more of your heart. And if you could just give us a snapshot of who you are, what you do, and the ministry that God's entrusted to you over at Well Watered Women. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Gretchen Saffles. My husband is Greg, and we have been married almost five years in November. We have a little two and a half year old named Nolan, who is precious and keeps us so busy, but also brings us such abundant joy. We live in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know how far that is from me, but I'm in Fort Campbell, and I didn't realize that till I was looking at your bio. Yeah, I saw that you were there. He works at our church where he is the creative director. We actually met at our previous church near Nashville. Oh, cool. um, Where we both worked and initially met serving at middle school camp. So my husband loves to say that we met at middle school camp, even though we were adults at that point. (laughs) Um, So prior to meeting my husband, I worked in women's ministry at that church and was actually planning on heading to seminary afterwards to do girls ministry, women's ministry, something along that lines. But I wanted to pair it with creativity because I majored in fashion merchandising in college. And I wanted it to be practical because I feel like so often women, you know, they they love the Lord, but they don't see how it's practical. How does that change the way I do laundry, the way I dress, the way I work in this marketplace? So that's what I really wanted to relate to women and to meet them right where they were. So once Greg and I met and got married, I obviously didn't go to seminary. We moved to Knoxville from Nashville. Okay. And um, we just had this opportunity to embrace this fresh start and to really dream big. And um, obviously, we were dirt poor. So it was a great time for me to start something new, right? Because we (laughs) already had nothing. And um, I mean, I still look back and go, okay, Lord, I don't know how we ate every week, but we did somehow. He provided in those first few months of marriage were a roller coaster for us. My mom mm-hmm. was actually in ICU with a rare autoimmune condition. Oh, man. We found that out um, literally on the way home from our honeymoon. Oh, my gosh. And so I spent a lot of time traveling back and forth to help take care of her. And during that time, the Lord used that season to really show me that this life is so short. Yeah. And it's too short to not do what he's called us to do. Mm. And so it was really time to risk and to take take the leap in a sense. And so after a lot of prayer and seeking wisdom, I started Life Love Beautifully. That was the original name of our ministry out of our tiny apartment selling handmade accessories for missions. And after about a year of doing that and kind of being just over social media and over striving to be an entrepreneur, that's when God really shifted everything and redirected my vision. Because sometimes he uses our lowest moments to really show us what matters and to redefine what our goals are. So at that time, I was having a hard time getting into the Word. I was using Mm. a journal that I didn't particularly like. I've been a journaler since the seventh grade and wrote in them consistently since then. I've got a whole bookshelf of journals over here. And the Lord used that journal to plant this new seed in my heart to create a quiet time journal that women would love to use to get into the Word and that would give them some direction to actually open their Bibles and study and talk to Him and uh, learn from Him. So I had zero clue how to make this happen. Like y'all just learned, I was a fashion merchandising major. Not graphic design. (laughs) No, no, I didn't even have that on my computer, but God provided the people around me to help me get to that next step. So I began to learn. I had a girl that joined my small group that I was leading who was a graphic design major, and she walked me through these different steps and 
just amazing to see how God pieced together all those things. He saw the big picture. So that May, I released the Give Me Jesus Journal. It sold out within an hour. And ever since then, our entire mission has been to just get women in the Word. Because we know that if we can get women to open their Bibles, to study it, that it's going to change their lives. So ever since then, our mission has been to encourage and equip women to get into the Word. But not only that, like I just said, to live it out and to see that it affects every single moment of their lives. So that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. I have a team of five women who work with me now. We're in three different states, but the Lord makes it all happen. I'd love to hear you describe when it was that you felt the Lord just cultivating in you personally a love for His Word. Absolutely. I grew up in the church with my dad as a pastor Hmm. during my younger years of life. So some of my earliest memories are waking up and seeing my parents both sipping their coffee in the morning Mm. and reading their Bible. And I saw that daily habit cultivated in their own life. And the word was just a part of our everyday life. My papa was actually a pastor as well who loved Jesus more than anything. And I saw him taking care of his wife, my mama, who was severely crippled with Mm. rheumatoid arthritis, had to have a leg amputated in her life. And all around, I mean, he served her just relentlessly and recklessly. And I could see the love of Christ displayed in my parents' marriage and in my grandparents' marriage as well. And it made me want more of Christ because that's what kept them going. So at the age of seven, I gave my life to Christ and just sincerely loved Jesus in those, or, you know, those sweet years of just being young and totally um, not having those cares, but just, I would sing to Jesus at night. That's precious. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's before you're kind of like you're naive. You don't really yeah. realize that people are looking at each other and measuring up against one another and all those things that kind of come in the later years. Just, I don't know. You don't really care when you're seven. Absolutely. So I think that a lot of times I go back to that first love that was just yeah. so pure and so sweet. And um, we ended up moving from where we were in Texas to Georgia. And I eventually attended a Christian school from seventh grade to graduating And God used that experience there. It wasn't perfect at all, but he used one specific Bible teacher to really challenge me at a young age to pursue a deeper walk with God. Mm. He had us journal every week. That's when my journaling practice started because he would give us questions. He'd give us prompts. He would read them. So it taught me to think critically about scripture, to talk to the Lord on a regular basis. And he even walked us through eschatology our senior year, which is at times of revelation and, and so it taught me that, hey, I can study the word. Yeah. You know, I couldn't get enough of it. And I desired to do more. And in college, God just continued to provide women. I went to a secular university, to the University of Georgia. But he also provided so many women around me to show me Christ-like femininity and just hunger for the word. So looking back, I can see God using all of those circumstances mm. to prepare me for where I am today and to also set this fire in my heart that, just continues to burn relentlessly to know him more. What do you think it is that's in you that just loves God's word? Like, why do you love it so much? Mm, That's a good question. So I have about a million answers for this, but (laughs) but I'm going to go back to one main thing. During my college years, like I said, I grew up around the word. um, And then once I got to college, you know, like I said, a secular university, um, you know, so many areas that challenged my faith and opportunities to share my faith. So it really made me have to deepen my walk with God and Mm. to learn, okay, what do I believe? And it was in those years, I can't remember exactly what it was, but 
I had grown up knowing that Jesus died for me. He rose again. And that was, you know, that was it. That's, he did that. And that was great. But then all the Bible was separate from that. (laughs) I had no idea that the gospel applied to everyday life and that scripture is all one story, one complete story, sharing this good news of Christ and that he is in it from beginning to end. And so once that clicked, whenever I was in college, it was like everything changed. And Hebrews 4.12 is, I'm pretty sure the verse that says that the word of God is living and active. And I can honestly say that no other book compares to the words of scripture. It's like a bottomless treasure chest that we can never exhaust. And so once I started to learn more how to study scripture as well, because I think so many women are intimidated by scripture, Mm -hmm. you have to know how to study it rightly, just like any other book that you were to study. And so the more that I've understood that and my love has grown for it, it has also deepened my faith in Christ and my love for him who is the living word. Yeah. You know, you said that once you understood that the gospel was kind of this thread that wove its way throughout the tapestry of scripture, everything changed. So talk to me a little bit about that. What changed? How did understanding that this all, this whole story is all interconnected? How did that change you on a personal level? In about every way. Like you feel like you just became a believer because that's what happened to me. I mean, it literally just awakened this, this desire and this hunger and this, you know, I, I, I hear of people that doubt scripture, you know, and uh, maybe leave the faith once they're older. But mm-hmm. so often I go, have you really studied it? I mean, there's yeah. literally no way that it happened by chance. There's no way seeing how God, how everything corresponds together. I believe it's Dan Brensel. He was, um, he wrote on Desiring God once he talked about how the Bible is like a chain instead of a strand of pearls. So a strand of pearls, you just put one pearl next to each other and they can all fall apart. But a chain is linked together. I mean, mm. it's like actually welded together in yeah. the sense you can pull, but it, it it's all linked together yeah. to one piece. And so I started seeing scripture that way and, and seeing, whoa, it says this here in the Old Testament. It says the exact same thing here in the New Testament. And it's saying, the sa- you know, it's the same message. And it just began to radically change how I lived my own life because Christ never changes. He always stays yeah. the same. And so it also gives us this firm foundation for our identity, for our calling, for our mission in whatever we're doing. And so in a sense, I would say that it gave me this new passion to live on mission for him, to live with my eyes yeah. on eternity, yet fully in the present of where God has me to live in that way for his glory. I can see that in you. It's very evident, my friend, which is exactly why I wanted to have you on. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. 
Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. In conjunction with your passion and your love for the Word and your heart for Jesus and your desire to live, to glorify Him, you have a lot on your plate practically. So you have a whole business. You have these women that you're leading. And not only that, you're a mother and you're a wife and you're a pastor's wife. And so you're talking about studying his word. And then I know based on what I'm seeing that you practically don't have a lot of extra time hanging around. Mm -hmm. So how do you find motivation to study when you're not really, you know, you don't have a lot of time or maybe even when you feel so stretched that you Mm -hmm. don't actually desire to study? Yeah. So obviously we don't always feel like studying the word. We don't always feel like blessing the Lord. (laughs) Amen to that. And we don't, but we know the benefits of it. We know that that's truth. We know that, for example, you know, running, like we know that we're going to feel better. We're going to be more focused. We'll sleep better. We'll live a better life, but we don't feel like exercising. So it's getting past that feeling to living by what you know. Yeah. And so remembering the benefits of studying God's word is what keeps me going back every single day because I always, I mean, always regret not studying the word one day. Yeah. Um, Even recently, we just had a really busy day. It was one of those days where I knew, I really did know I needed to sleep in. I needed to get that extra to be able to take care of my son. But during those other moments where I could have opened the word, I didn't. Oh, Yes. Because there are, there's so many moments throughout our day. I know we say we're so busy, but if you just track the amount of time you open up your phone to look at social media, or maybe right. you watch that YouTube video, or you know that show on Netflix, all that time adds up to being a totally. crazy amount of time. And so um, I just have realized I never regret waking up a few minutes early to get in God's word or turning off my phone to spend time with him. And um, I go back to Psalm 19 a hmm. lot. It's a yeah. chapter that I actually memorized with one of my mentors a few years ago. And those words constantly ring true in my head about how God's word benefits us. It's always alive and it's what we need. So that would be one thing. Another thing is accountability. Yeah. So I'm constantly talking about what the Lord is teaching me in the word to my husband, to my friends, to my family, as well as the women in this ministry. So I have this visible accountability around me. And, you know, my husband knows when I didn't spend time in the word, usually we talk about it because I have a bad attitude that day or just am so off, you know, emotionally or something. It's amazing how, I mean, God's word, it really is alive and it's what we need. And then the last thing that I would think about is it's a discipline. So for, you know, running, it's a discipline to run every day, but you will see benefits over time. And so all the time, you know, some days it's not going to be easy, but that's where the discipline comes in. And that discipline, it always pays off. It's like you are storing up the word in your heart for maybe that dark season that's ahead, for that valley of the shadow of death that you're going to walk through. Yeah. And yet that word will be in you and with you, and it's going to sustain you. So knowing that I'm storing up these truths for potential seasons that are going to come. So really... Uh, the biggest thing is just remembering the benefits of studying God's word. 
one of the things that I've seen from you that I really appreciate is how organically you allow what you're learning to overflow into the lives of others, literally thousands of other people. And I would love to hear from you what it's like for you to share what you're learning and then also what it's like for you to kind of protect those intimate moments with the Lord in the things that you're seeing as you're studying his word. My social media really changed about three years ago when I was completely ready to quit. I just felt like, oh, really? like, this is a waste of time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just distracting. What made you want to quit? Okay, distracting. Yeah, distracting, discouraging, just all the comparison. And it was really just a lot of heart issues of like, mm. I don't want to put myself out there in that kind of way anymore. And I was striving to kind of be like everybody else and to yeah. be what I thought I needed to be on social media. Um, and like I said, this was a few years ago. And the Lord really challenged me and reminded me that, first of all, if you're feeling this, there's so many other people feeling this. And if this is such a dark place at times, why not be the light of Christ here? And so that's when everything changed. I mean, Mm. drastically, I started just sharing with freedom and openness and honesty, what God was doing in my life right there in that moment. And it was amazing how, you know, at first I, um, I mean, there was just a few hundred followers at that time Mm -hmm. and they were mainly like, my friends and family. And so when women started showing up that I didn't know and sharing things and um, writing back, I was amazed because I was seeing that, wow, women just want to, they want to hear the word of God. They want that reminder and that encouragement. Totally. And so I started just sharing from the overflow of what the Lord was teaching me. But I have to also give sort of a warning in this because our human nature is to eventually come to our quiet time and to walk away thinking, I've got to have something to impress people. And we come with this motive and this agenda when really we should be coming with hearts just ready to meet with the Lord. So eventually what I started doing when I noticed that pressure that I was putting on myself, I started just writing out thoughts in a note. Like I said, I journal every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, I mean, people don't see my journals, uh, like other, if, if a friend or family wanted to, but Those are my intimate moments with the Lord and I don't share them right away. Rarely do I share things right in that moment, but I'll write something and I'll sit on it for a while. Somebody always reads my posts before I share them um, to check for content and clarity and theology and things like that. Make sure that I'm saying things as well as possible. And so I started realizing too, I need to be studying things that people never know about and spending those secret moments with the Lord. So in the morning, you know, I study scripture, but I love to just find another time of day. Usually it's right before bed to just read it for fun. I mean, literally like no other intent. Like I'm just going to read this book of the Bible and just talk to the Lord right before I go to bed. And that has drastically changed my walk with God because, you know, it's just, it's this thing where like, it's exciting. You know, I just, I'm like, Oh, I get to read this. Nobody's going to know about it. I just get to sit with it for a while and so um, I've noticed that has really just stirred my affections for the Lord and actually given me a whole lot of new content, but people don't even realize that. So I go back to this quote, I think it was Francis Chan who said, refuse to let your public passion exceed your private devotion. Wow. I love that so much. I've got it written at the front of every Bible that I own. I love that, Gretchen. Yeah, because it's it's so true. We, we can get it flip-flopped so yeah. quickly. And so- It's a daily, daily heart check for all of us, but Christ just calls us to show up as we are. And whenever we share with vulnerability and yet with um, confidence, pointing that to Christ and how he 
fulfills, he satisfies, he delivers, he redeems. That's what draws women to hear that word because that's the message of the gospel. Yeah. It's amazing how easy it is for me to do that in the context of a podcast or on social media too, because I feel like people are able to filter whether or not they want to listen to it. And I'd love to hear from you what it looks like for you to do this in the context of your everyday life, even as basic as like communicating what you're learning with your husband or with Nolan, your son. So I am constantly, I'm a pro I'm a verbal processor. You can probably tell that by this <laughs> podcast and my husband is not. <laughs> so he's, a, he's like this wonderful, sweet listener. Brooks and I resonate with that for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, and, but he loves it. He, you know, um, I'm sure there's times where he's like, okay, it's probably good to be quiet for a little bit, but so I'm constantly just bouncing things off my husband and, um, just talking about what God's teaching me, how he's challenging me. And so often, like I said, I keep a notes folder on my phone where I'm just constantly like I'll have this thought or moment of inspiration kind of come to my head or even like something will happen, you know, in our life. And Greg will go, you should remember that for a blog post or you should, you know, it's, we're constantly seeing those things because we want to see that those things as opportunities to mm-hmm. share and to show, um, you know, the glory of the gospel in everyday life and how God is moving. So Um, Me and Greg are always talking about things like that. But then I also try to protect my time with my husband and my son because I don't want to be spent writing things or doing social media or things like that. So I've really made it a point to have those times delegated so I can write down something, but I'm not going to spend moments Mm -hmm. with them writing something, trying to get a post up. Yeah, yeah. If it messes up the moment that I am with them, like, then that's not the time to write. Like, the Lord's yeah. not going to call me away from my family to do that. So um, so we t- really try to, to make that purposeful. But sometimes if the Lord gives me some, like, you know, something he's teaching me or something that I just feel burning in my heart that I want to write down, but I can't in that moment, I just ask the Holy Spirit to, like, tuck it away in my heart and bring it out at the right time. Because I know that... If I don't write it down right then, I won't be able to remember it later. Totally. But he can help Mom me brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, like sometimes you just can't write it down or, yeah. you know, Nolan's sitting in my lap and it just wouldn't work. And so um, I just trust him to bring those things back at the right time. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. So with Nolan, we just try to bring him into what we're doing, you know, into just talking scripture out loud or like when we pray, it's so sweet. So he started... Greg has taught him to like hold my hand because he sits next to me at dinner. Precious. And so he actually bows his head now. Oh, I know he has no idea, but he holds my hand and bows his head. And it is the cutest thing ever. And usually mid prayer, he starts laughing. I don't know. He's <laughs> hilarious, but, um, but it's so sweet. So we try to just bring him along, you know, in ministry. Obviously, my husband works at the church. So he's at the church with us, you know, and we want him to, to see us doing ministry together as a family. Yeah. Um, So we really try to just make that, like you said, just really organic. Like ministry shouldn't be compartmentalized. It should just flow in every aspect of our life. Yeah, I completely agree. I love that line from Tozer where he says, don't separate the the secular from the sacred. Just kind of let it flow together. Yeah, that's good. When you're talking about Greg, I can tell that you guys have a special dynamic and that you're both passionate about God's word. I know a lot of women 
who are listening to this show, they desire to see their husbands grow in a love for the word. And I heard you say that Greg encourages you whenever he sees that you haven't been in the word. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it looks like for you guys to encourage and admonish one another to study God's word in a way that isn't just prickly or condescending or a way that doesn't come across as judgmental. Could you share a little bit about what that looks like for you guys in your relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting question too, because I mean, my passion is studying the word and I write studies for women and um, content that goes along with the word. Um, But that's not what Greg does. You know, like he, Mm -hmm. he loves the word, but we also approach it a little bit differently in that aspect. Like I have my Bible open all day, like even yeah. though he works at the church, he just does it. <laughs> and yeah. but that's okay. You know, that's how, that's just how we are. And so we can also encourage each other. Greg, he has started praying for us every night. And that's been the greatest gift to our marriage too, because we end the day focusing on the Lord, even if we've just had the worst day. Yeah. You know, I know that together we're just going to say, look, like these are the things that matter and we're going to look to him. And one thing that we've started doing recently too, Greg actually made us a phone charging station across the, completely across the room. So I love that. When we come into our room, we charge our phones there and we don't have them before bed. We've also started waking, I'm, so I'm the person who wakes up earlier normally, but he's also seen the benefit of that. He used to be more of like a late night Mm -hmm. person, but you know, with a child, it just really shifts your schedule. So, um, we started trying to wake up at the same time and, you know, I'll make the coffee in the morning or vice versa. And so we're really trying to pursue Christ together. It's not always easy though. And there's been times where I've had to pray for his heart, you know, that he would have more of a desire to get into the word or vice versa. And yet that's just a part of marriage is us, you know, walking alongside of each other and so much comes with just our example for one another. Man, you know, so if there's a woman who her husband is not getting in the word, my greatest encouragement for her would be keep getting in the word yourself. Absolutely. You know, keep praying, keep opening up scripture, being that woman who fears the Lord and serves her husband well. And that's what um, I believe it's first Peter three says that's what yeah. wins your husband over is just by you following Christ and that um, gentle and quiet spirit that is nurtured through scripture. We want to be led, right? We want to be led and we want to be led to the Lord (laughs) by our husbands. And so I think sometimes it feels unnatural to be like, well, I'm getting in the word. But it is so true that Mm -hmm. I think them seeing the word transform us, that's inspirational for anybody, whether it's your husband, your next door neighbor or your child. Yes, absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about what it looks like for you sharing in front of thousands. I know you not only share on your Instagram and on your blog, but you also speak. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been fearful of sharing what you're learning in <laughs> kind of like a public setting? Oh, yeah. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, there has there's been times where I've shared certain things just with trembling fingers and mm. so much apprehension in my heart. And I'll share it and even go, you know, call my mom or talk to my husband and go, okay, I'm going to take it down. That was way, you know, that was too much of my heart. It's tender. Well, it is. And yet what is so interesting, and I can say this like 100% with those times where Mm. I have felt that just, I don't know if I should share this or um, anything like that. And not because it's too much information, but Mm -hmm. because it's so much of my own. A lot of times, you know, my struggles and how I'm finding Christ to be what I need in it. 
but it's more the humbling aspect of I'm going to share with them that, you know, this happened or this is what I'm going through. And so it's a humbling thing to do that. And yet those vulnerable posts, 100% of the time are the ones that get the most response from women. Hmm. It's because there's such great power in us sharing our I like to call them scar stories. So it's a place where we've been Hmm. wounded or something that we've gone through in life, or maybe even it's a bad decision that we've made and it's left a scar, but it's for God's glory. You know, it's not like the scar or the wound just completely erases because it is woven into the fabric of our lives and our stories. And yet Christ can redeem them and he can use them to point people to himself and to show that there is freedom, there is healing. I'll, I'll give you two examples. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder in college and I remember telling my mom, I'm never going to tell people about this. This is so, you know, once I was so broken about it and Mm. I just so embarrassed that that had been a struggle, you know, because I love the Lord and yet I'd struggled with an eating disorder. And once I started sharing with women, and this is like pre Instagram being a thing, you know, but once I started sharing with women just around me in my college town, so many of them started saying, me too. I've never shared that with anybody. Hmm. And I started seeing God just break chains through me being willing to share my story. And so that became something that I, I shared with more openness and more vulnerability. And God just did this mighty work. Um, and another example would be last year, I just went through a hard, hard season health-wise, which brought on a lot of anxiety and even some depression. Mm. And I had to take a step back from all that I did with ministry, social media, everything. But I had to tell everybody that I was doing that because otherwise, you know, it'd be like, oh, Gretchen literally disappeared for this time. But they needed to know that I was taking that step back to spend time with the Lord, to heal in my heart. And, And so those are just two examples that were so extremely hard for me to share about at first. And yet once I shared, God brought this immense healing and freedom in my own heart because I heard others say me too. And in their hearts, because they heard me say that too. And so sometimes, and a lot of times it's with trembling fingers and yet it's more of this like holy worship. I view social media and all the things that I do online as an opportunity to worship the Lord and to speak the truth of Christ in love. And yet in boldness, the gospel is meant to be bold. I mean, Jesus was bold. The apostles were bold, like um, we are called to be unashamed of the gospel. And so if we're not even willing to do that through a social media post, how will we ever do that in real life Yeah. when it comes to that? So one thing that my mentor that I, re- that I have right now at our church recently said to me was, she said, truth without love destroys and love without truth deceives. And I added on to that, that truth with love delivers. Mm. And so that's what I long to do through all the aspects because there's certain things. I mean, whenever I've studied an entire book of the Bible from start to finish with the women in this community, I love doing that, first of all, because you can't just choose the like verses that make you feel really good. Like right. you have to, you have to talk about the hard ones too. And those soul scrubbing ones that that actually challenges me to show them all of what this message is, you know, and not to say, Oh, I just want to share the things that are going to get tons of likes or (laughs) like comments or something, you know? Yes. There's some popular topics. I've realized that even with the podcast, it's like, if you post Uh something that's about understanding yourself, generally you have a lot more listens than you do. If you talk about like grief or something really hard to palate. Yeah. And and yet when we remember that, you know, like truth with love delivers. Yeah. That's 
that's all of scripture. You know, we are called to teach scripture from beginning to end and to teach it rightly. And when we do that, we're pointing to Christ in it all. Yeah. And so so true, but I think it's a challenge to us to teach it all. You know, we don't want right. to just pick and choose what is going to get a big response, you know, but yeah, yeah, sometimes God, you know, like that, you know, podcast on grief that you do, that may be literally exactly what somebody needs in that moment. And that is the way God does ministry. He's not, you know, Jesus spent most of his time with just a few people, you know, he was in the flesh. He was fully God, but he also experienced what it's like to be in the flesh, you know, and to have that limited sense of like, you can't, do absolutely everything. Does that make sense? I I think it was Kevin DeYoung who said that Jesus didn't do everything when he was on earth. And I I, I was like, what? But then I started thinking about it and it's true. He he showed us what it's like to live in the flesh and yet to live purposefully and to use your words purposefully. And that really challenged me so much to go, okay, how am I, how am I teaching the gospel rightly and fully right where I am? But how am I also you know, cultivating that deeper walk with God, um, you know, in all of this. So just really following Jesus example in that has changed a lot for me too. Yeah. What does it look like for you to give God the first fruits of your time when it comes to loving and studying his word, no matter what season you're in? First of all, I'd encourage women not to do things backwards. And so our tendency is to give God our leftovers. And we think, I'm just going to get all my stuff done today. And then you know, I'll squeeze in like a five minute devotion here or right. I'll read it at night. And then, you know, by the time night comes, you're so busy. So tired. Yeah. So tired. You fall asleep. And so instead to flip that around, give him your best moments. I mean, the very best mm-hmm. of your days. I think it was Martin Luther that said that he has so much. He said, I have so much to do that I shall spend three hours in prayer. I love that. Something along those lines. But basically, and it's so challenging. I don't think it's, I don't think he was necessarily saying like, Exactly three hours is yeah. the ticket. But he was saying that the more we have to do on this earth, the busier our schedule gets, the more we should be getting into God's word. That right. should not be replaced, but that should be the prioritized. Yes, like the number one thing, because that is what's going to in- equip you to do everything else. But our tendency is to get it backwards, especially especially when we love the Lord, which sounds funny because we think, oh, well, I went to that Bible study or I listened to that sermon. That was it, you know, or I'm pouring out. But we cannot pour out what we have not first received. So and true. so we've got to come to Christ and to receive and to be filled up so that we can pour that out. And so it's so easy for us to put doing before being with Jesus, mm. but we cannot do things for Jesus unless we have first been with him yeah. um, and received that, uh, you know, the equipping that we need, the word that we need, the strength, um, and even sometimes just the soul scrubbing. You know, sometimes God needs to prune our hearts before we do that. Sometimes he has um, a work to do to just change us, to chisel us, you know, to make us more like him. And so don't get things backwards. That's my biggest thing. And yet I recently walked through a season of having a newborn. Mm. You know, that was just two years ago. And it was hard. It was, oh man. And I really got disillusioned and discouraged at times going, yeah. How I want to study the word, but A, I'm literally so tired. Like I would open yeah. up the Bible sometimes and just stare at it and my brain couldn't think. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom telling me that, you know, Gretchen, God is going to give you what you need for this day. 
Like you've got to trust that this is a season. And I started to learn to let go of the expectations, knowing that what worked for me to get into the word in the last season of life, pre-child is not going to work in this season of life. And that's okay. Like Jesus is still the same. He still wants me to live abundantly in this season. So clearly he's going to provide a way for me to still be filled up. So for instance, I, um, I started changing sort of how I viewed getting into the word. So it didn't have to be this like hour long, super quiet, quiet time with a candle burning and coffee, you know, like sometimes it would look like, though that is nice. Yes, it is. And I would cherish that when I got it, but it wasn't the everyday norm. You know, it would look like a fussy baby and getting him out, putting him in his car seat and going on a walk and literally having my Bible open on the stroller as I walked. And that would be quiet time. (laughs) Yeah. And it would look, and, and that's what, okay. So, I started calling it during the season, my not so quiet time. Yes. Um, because we feel like if I can't have the quiet, I'm not going to have the time with God, you know? And yes. I mean, to be honest, like the words quiet time aren't even used in the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's a thing that we can, like we're supposed to abide. And so abiding doesn't look like this one moment thing every day, this five minute, 10 minute thing that you check off. Like abiding is a moment by moment yeah. remaining in Jesus, remaining with him, um, keeping our eyes on him. And so bringing it with you, I mean, you make time for what matters most to you. And so setting, a, you know, setting aside the phone, prayer actually became something that was like one of my absolute favorite things to do in those moments. And it has continued to grow this desire to mm. pray and to talk to the Lord, because, you know, sometimes I would be nursing in the middle of the night and couldn't really you know, have my Bible there or, you know, something like that. But I can talk to the Lord. And I started to realize, oh, I can actually pray for, you know, my friends and use this time wisely. And so letting go of those expectations and and learning that Jesus is with you. He's not disappointed in you in this season. And that, um, you know, he's equipped you. There's so many different ways that we can still get in the Word, even if it's just one verse that you write on your hand. And, you know, maybe write it in Sharpie, because if you write it in something else, like, so that you see it all day or um, put it on your mirror with, you know, a marker, like a dry erase marker, you can write on your mirror and just wipe it off. Put the verse there. Like, yeah. You're going to get ready. You're going to brush your teeth. So find ways to fill your life with scripture. You yeah. know, listen, to it. listen to the word. Um, there's so many different Bible apps that you can just, you know, pull up and it actually has an audio, you know, right, and it right. speaks scripture to you. So put it on and just listen to it. And so once I started learning that, and I, we're finally in the season where I can wake up again and have those quiet yeah. moments you know, before my son gets up, but it took a long time to get here again. And God desires that we still flourish in those moments. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a desert season. I actually keep, I keep this cactus on my desk that I bought. Yeah. I'm looking at right now because I wanted this cactus as a mm. reminder that like cactuses survive and thrive in the desert, in the yeah. dryness. And it's because they collect that water and they, um, you know, they mm. retain it for those seasons and for those moments. And so we're the same way. Like we need to retain God's word, um, store it up in our hearts and surround ourselves with it. And he will carry us through those moments. I'm thinking even as you said, when you started walking with the Lord, how you had a love for him. But then when you came to college, God just opened up your eyes to see, man, the gospel doesn't just impact me one time when I'm justified, which does happen, but it also impacts me 
every single day. And I'm thinking about how it's almost like that season of motherhood. This is the same for me has taught us that, hey, you know what? The word doesn't just impact you in that isolated quiet time that you have it actually is meant to be drawn from all day long as you're going about your day and I think God has like put me into a season where I have had to actually walk in that more than ever before so I love hearing that journey from you I love hearing your passion and your love for the word and your devotion for Jesus so thank you I know you have inspired me I'm like over here in my closet just frat snapping (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But I want to shift over to kind of a fun note. What's your favorite book of the Bible and which one's been kind of the most like life impacting or life changing for you? This is a hard question because I feel like it changes a lot of times in seasons. Yeah. But I will say um, the book of Ruth is the first Bible study I wrote. I led my college girls through that book. And um, that's why I wrote the study was because they wanted me to write everything down if they couldn't be there and they could look into things more. And it was the first time that I really started studying even Old Testament books through this gospel centered lens. Hmm. And man, it just like rocked my view of studying scripture. I mean, it's four chapters. It is so short. And yet there is so much richness in there. And so studying that book really was kind of the beginning of me seeing this excitement, you know, it, yeah. even just seeing it this in my girls. Redeemer, yo. <laughs> yes. And seeing, I mean, like Ruth and Boaz, yeah. like being in the lineage of Christ, like what? I mean, just amazing. Like God was working in those small circumstances, you know, of Ruth ending up in Boaz's field. Obviously, like it wasn't this um, happenstance, like God was sovereignly working. So it opened my eyes to seeing Christ in the Old Testament, and yet God's sovereignty over every single moment of our lives. So Ruth, um, it will always have this special place in my heart because that is where, that book is where this even deeper desire just started being fostered and um, set set on fire even more. Um, So I'm going to stick with that one right now, even though there's just so many. Love the book of Ruth. We don't even have time to go on that tangent. Oh, man. It is so good. And I, I think why I love it, what, like one thing I love too is that it's just four chapters. Yeah. Yet there is so much packed in there. I Absolutely. Mean, just, it is, it's insane how much. And, and even studying that, I feel like it gave even a good overview of just like Old Testament. And it was amazing. It was really life-changing for um, understanding God's word and you know, desiring to to see Christ in it all. So I love it. It's a great little book to start with, especially if you haven't delved into studying the Old Testament. And actually, we'll be sure to link to your study. You still have books for sale. Is that right? On your website? Also, my mentor, who has been super influential in teaching me how to study the Bible inductively, she just did a little mini series on her blog on how to do inductive study on the book of Ruth. And I think it is a great one to start with because it's just four chapters, like you said. Um, It's like a historical narrative. So it's a little bit easier to draw out kind of, I don't know, some of those points of observation to do Mm -hmm. observation and interpretation and stuff before we move into application. So I would love to hear on that note, what three resources you would recommend for somebody who's just wanting to cultivate a love for the word of God? Mm, That's a good question. So women of the word 
by Jen Wilkin is a really great book. And that's something that I share with so many women. And before I ever read the book, women would say, you know, with posts that I was writing, this sounds like women of the word. This sounds like women of the word. Mm. I didn't know what that was at the time. Really? Yes. And so I read the book and I was like, like this, this is Bible woman study. is like reading. <laughs> yeah. Like reading my mind. This is so awesome. So I love that one because it is, it's a short, non-intimidating read yeah. for women who want to dig deeper into the word. And then another resource would be Help Me Teach the Bible podcast by Nancy Guthrie. Yes. And I need to get one, on that myself. I haven't. Good. And you know what, what I love about it too, is she, a lot of people that she in, interviews are like, you know, theologians and scholars. Mm. And yet the way that they unpack the Bible, you know, and even if you're wondering, how do I see Christ in the Old Testament? How do I, you know, study the Bible inductively? She's probably covered that. And um, it is, I mean, it's one of those podcasts I'll listen to while I'm ironing or, you know, doing some kind of task like that. And then I'll just have to stop and like open up my Bible or write down notes from it because it's mm. so good. It's so jam-packed with um, scripture and with truth. And so I love that. Girl, you know I love a good podcast. I'm going to go get on that today. Yes. Oh, you're going to love it. Um, Can't wait. So help me teach the Bible. And okay. then honestly, I'm trying to, I was trying to think of three different types of resources. So oh, thank you. one online, a podcast, and then I love Desiring God Ministries. Yeah. They put out so much free content, free books, and they're constantly, I feel like almost every week when they're, you know, putting up their blog posts, there's usually some practical post on getting in the word hmm. and um, very, very practical and shows you, you know, how this looks in everyday life. So that would be more of like a blog resource for you to look at that um, is constantly funneling new, encouraging information. Two of my favorite resources, and I can't wait to add the other one to my list. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'd also love to hear from you something that I ask every single guest, and mm -hmm. that is, what are three things that you just love? Three simple joys. Okay. So we're talking like simple, simple joys. So I'm going to go with, first of all, my morning cup of coffee. Uh, like I <laughs> I can't tell you everything you're saying. I'm like, see, I knew it. <laughs> I mean, like there, um, for years, that morning cup of coffee, and I don't drink, I'm not one of those people who drinks coffee like all day long, like 10 cups. Okay. That might be where we differ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thought that, and I just like love it. What do you do? Do you have like frothy coffee or just plain black or what? Oh, I wish I could do plain black. I just can't. No. But I'm also, I'm not a creature of habit too. Like I mm. love changing things up. There's your creative side. That's another yeah. difference. <laughs> I'm like every day, same proportions into the blender. <laughs> oh, no way. I am such a, like, I mean, for instance, I, right now I'm on like half and half with some, you know, a little bit of like sugar. But last week I tried cashew coffee. Ooh. So you like blend up cashews in your coffee with honey. Oh, does it make it frothy? I'm guessing it does. It does. Yes. And that was really good. And then sometimes I will go to trying to make a homemade creamer. Like, I'm just changing it up all the time. And um, so my husband's probably like, he just never knows what he's going to get, but keeps it interesting. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> and then the other thing would be my Kindle. Oh, so yes. I got a Kindle. For motherhood. Oh, man. It is the best. So I really, it's in the past probably five years that this love for reading has just really grown. Um, I've seen the incredible benefit of reading in my yeah. own walk with the Lord and just in life in general. And I can't always, I love reading at night before I go to bed. 
but um, I hate reading with the light on. Yeah. So I have a Kindle with the backlight. And it's so funny because if my husband, like sometimes he'll read his Bible at night or something and I'm reading my Kindle, you know, and I'm like, are you going to turn your light off in a little bit? <laughs> I, love, I don't know why. I think it's because I focus more, yeah. but I read my Kindle every night. I take it with me everywhere. I love it. Okay. What are you reading right now? I am on my Kindle. I'm reading a, an autobiography by George Mueller. Okay. Um, and it is really nice. interesting. I love, mm. so I switch. I, I'm constantly, I'm not a fiction reader. I'm a huge nonfiction reader. And so I'm constantly changing. I like to change from male to female authors because I want to read a wide variety. And then I like to change from, you know, like something on a specific topic to a biography or autobiography. Or I, I try to change the genre of what yes. I'm reading constantly. And even like, a more recent author, and then I'll go to somebody who wrote something a really long time ago. I appreciate that. Yeah, just to kind of keep the scope wider and also my worldview bigger. Yes. And then I also try to read things that maybe I, you know, like might disagree on something on, Uh but is a really popular book because I also want to be informed. So if you follow, I think it's Tim Keller. Uh um, uh, It's not his actual account. It's somebody's account on Twitter they are constantly putting up Kindle deals. Oh, um, okay. I send you a link for it. So me and my husband follow that like every day and we see what book is 99 cents. And the, I mean, he'll put amazing books that are normally, you know, 10 or $15 for like 99 cents. And we'll just snatch them up. Give me that. That's awesome. Yeah. Daily Keller. That's what it is. At Daily okay. Keller. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and then my last simple joy is just going on adventures with my family. We Aww. love my bike rides. We love like hiking. I mean, just outdoorsy things like me and Greg want to travel the world. And so anything that is adventurous or completely out of the box is like, brings me incredible joy. Well, I saw that you traveled a lot. Was that with Greg or was that before you guys got married? Both. That's always been, it's funny because we always thought when I was younger that I would be the homebody, but, and my sister would be the adventurous one. And we have like totally flipped. Like she's the one who like has stayed in the same place now. And I'm the one who's like, Oh, I get so antsy being in one place at once. So, um, me and Greg went to India together into, we went to Madrid last year with Nolan, which was crazy. Wow. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but we just, we really want to travel the world. Uh, we've been to Canada and to Haiti, but, um, yeah, that's something that's like our big dream is to, with our family somehow like live overseas at one point or just travel to different countries and meet people and in some way inspire people to go share the gospel. So follow along. I don't know if we'll do that. That's like our (laughs) big, crazy, like dream. (laughs) Oh man. Well, you are a true journey woman, Gretchen. Oh yeah. That is like so up my alley. I'm sure along the years, there have been many, many people who have impacted your journey with Jesus. But can you think of just one who's had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? So I have listened to your podcast a lot. And a lot of times there's so many people in my family, but I want to do somebody outside of my family just yes. to be different. So Elizabeth Elliot, oh, who yes. is the author, I read her, um, her testimony and her yeah. book. When I was in elementary school, I think for a book report, my mom gave me that. And ever since then, I was just like enamored with Elizabeth Elliot and just her boldness for sharing Christ, her wisdom and her love for the word. And I just, I love her too, because she, she just like said it as it was. I mean, she was not a people pleaser. She was 
a God pleaser. And if you go to Blue Letter Bible, that's an online Mm -hmm. um, resource to study the Bible, um, you can actually find her ministry talks. So you can listen Ooh, to, I it's, know it's this. like podcaster recordings of her speaking at different, Stop it you know, right universities. Now. Oh, so good. So, and I love it too, because I, I don't know, like originally when I thought of Elizabeth Elliot and hearing her, like she just sounds different than what I would have thought. I mean, she's huh. very to the point, kind of dry sometimes. And I like, love it. I just love her. And it was my dream to meet her and she passed away mm. two years ago, I think, but she has had an incredible impact on my life. I was introduced to Amy Carmichael, who was a missionary yeah. to India through her and have read a lot of her stuff. And we went to India and just have a passion for gospel ministry there. Hmm. Were you guys in Calcutta? That's where Amy Carmichael was, right? We wanted to go. Well, I wanted to go so bad. I mean, Greg did it. He did. He knows about her, but not like I do. Yeah. Um, we were in southern India, but okay. it is so, so big that to get there to where she was, it would have still taken probably like eight hours from wow. where we were. And we were still south, but yeah. there, where she was was even more south. And we've got friends who are in northern India now, and we've got a lot of we've got a lot of people that have been there and served there. And um, man, it's just just a place that really needs Christ. Yeah such a condensed an area of people there's a lot of listeners in india because i have a lot of friends over there as well so hello to all you guys (laughs) oh well gretchen i cannot tell you this has been probably one of the fastest hours that i've done on the journey women (laughs) podcast i love it i just saw the timing i'm kind of depressed (laughs) 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 but i'm just so grateful i love to see the impact that you are having as a journey woman for jesus on other women and i count myself as one of those so thank you so much for gifting us your time and coming on the journey women podcast today it's been a blessing Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy for me to get to talk to you today. And I'm just cheering on this ministry. I've been so blessed by it too. And can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do. Y'all, I hope this conversation inspires you to dig deep into God's word. Even now, turn off this podcast, go get your Bible, go get your colored pencils. I'm so excited. I love Gretchen's encouragement to give God our very best moments instead of offering him our leftovers. I'm so guilty of having done that in the past. As always, the links to everything that Gretchen and I talked about will be available in the show notes at hunterbulis.com. You can also find us at Journey Women Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or at Journey Women Pod on Twitter, where we'll continue the conversation about loving God's word throughout the week. As always, I cannot wait to be with you again next Monday. I hope you guys have an awesome week.